Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, we are taking on a pretty serious topic. Um, everything out on the loop is not always sunshine and rainbows, and it can be stressful, particularly put some extra stress on the relationship that couples have on the loop. So that's what we're diving into today. I'm really excited to have our guests here because they are gold loopers. They are Bob and Pam Amadon. And Bob is a licensed therapist, so I'll let him give you his pedigree. But as always, I want to take a moment to recognize and to thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners and viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. Bob and PM Amadon, it is wonderful to see you. Thanks for joining me today. Well, you're, you're quite welcome. And thank you for having us. Yeah. So you're gold loopers. So let's start there. Um, tell us a little bit about when you did the loop and what type of boat you had. And we see you're on a boat now. So you're obviously continuing to cruise. So tell us a little bit about that the cruising history. Well, we, uh, we started uh, in 2010 with a uh, lease of a canal boat up on the Erie Canal. And we did it with two other couples. Uh, we spent a week uh, out of Seneca Falls. And at one point, and I can't remember whether it was, it was sort of towards the end, yeah. PM said, I could do this, four words, and I was off. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't take long after that for me to find a boat, uh, and we chose a Mog 36. Uh, it took a couple of years to get going because of life, and we were both working at the time. But we did get away in 2014 and started our loop from Key West, uh, completing it at the end of 2015. Loved it. It was an adventure that I had no idea what we were getting into. It was just, you know, one day at a time and every day was different, it seemed, and it was just amazing. Well, plus, uh, it was during that initial uh, canal boat experience that we even found out about the Great Loop, uh, which, which I found very intriguing. Uh, I almost drowned when I was four, so my relationship with water <laughs> is a little tenuous. Yeah. Um, I have learned how to swim. I learned those as a child, but uh, still the thought of living on a boat was not uh, within my high comfort zone. Uh, but the, the whole uh, concept of the loop was too intriguing to let that get in my way. Uh, and as I explain to people now, that, that year on the loop, I was never more bored, I was never more terrified, and I was ne never felt more alive than during that, that time frame. It, it was one of the best experiences of our lives. And since then, because of our sea uh, time, PM has, gotten on to, has, has gone on to get her captain's license, and is, uh, it's really good to have her competent <laughs> so I don't have to do it all <laughs> mm -hmm. well and that's actually probably one of the things that we're going to touch on today but you mentioned that when you first started on on the canal boat and started finding out about the Great Loop and planning it you mentioned you were still working and Bob your work in particular is pretty relevant to today's discussion so tell us a little bit about what you did for your career 
Well, I was, uh, I got a, a graduate degree in rehabilitation counseling. I worked with work injury people for about 15, 20 years, uh, basically focusing on vocational counseling. And then I got into a more serious uh, therapy role as a marriage counselor and as an individual counselor. And it was, I did that for about 10 years. And <laughs> the, the last client I had, I had this metal image of myself picking her up out of the chair, slamming her up against the wall, saying to her, get a friggin' life. And I realized it was time <laughs> to move on. So uh, at that point, uh, I started working as a uh, commercial real estate appraiser, a totally different part of my brain. But um, I've always been fascinated with the way uh, people get, get along and, and why some people do so well and other people don't seem to. So I, I, I'm still, I still think about that a lot. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's kind of a unique um, set of experiences that you did spend that 10 years doing uh, marriage counseling am among some other counseling, but also have this extended right. cruising experience, have done the Great Loop and obviously are continuing to cruise. So I think you bring a, an interesting take on the discussion. So, um, and, and from both of you, tell us a little bit about, you know, when you were looping, what were some of the bigger causes of stress that you saw among your fellow loopers that was, you know, leading them, you know, perhaps down a path that was, was not what they expected for their great loop? Well, I, I guess that one, just a quick uh, little story. We were up in Winter Harbor and uh, I had gotten to know this guy who had a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, right out of the box, 48 uh, foot grand banks, brand new that he bought in Annapolis. And they were, uh, you know, halfway across the Erie Canal. So PM and I were up on the flybridge having coffee and I looked over and his wife got off the boat in her little heels and her roller suitcase. And as she went down the dock, she said, if you want me, I'll see you in Chicago. <laughs> and so, so I, I, I talked to the guy later and I said, what happened? And he said, well, we love uh, Chesapeake Bay. We love New York City. But as soon as we got north, it was just too boring for her. She needed the excitement and, and, and uh, uh, the connections of, of having a city around her. And so that, that was one uh, sort of issue that I, I saw quite often where one couple, one of the couples, usually the woman, is on the loop because she wants to support her husband and it's his dream and so on. But then it's not, uh, it, it's not city life. It's not land life. And it's very, um, it, it's hard to, to, to think about what that's going to be before you do it. And a lot of people just have no uh, experience. And, well, and, and don't, know, don't know how to deal with it. Don't know how to deal with it. And that's that's something that uh, we'll talk about a bit in terms of uh, coping mechanisms. Well, also from my perspective, I, I used Bob's desire to go on the Great Loop. Oh, yeah, this is important. <laughs> uh, to my advantage. <laughs> um, I have always wanted to spend a year in, in Europe. You know, when, when I was, you know, a young adult, I, I was just too, too nervous about going to Europe for a year, but I always wanted to do it. So I said, Bob, I'll go on the loop with you for a year if you come to Europe with me for a year. <laughs> and, and that's the deal we worked out. And uh, his, his payment is coming due soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> It sounds like it's a little overdue there, PM. It's been a while since you finished the loop. <laughs> but at the same time, we had such a good job time on the loop that it was 
difficult to tear ourselves away from boating. And, and after we did our loop, about a year or so went by, and we decided we had to either choose boat life or dirt life. And we chose boat life. So we mm -hmm. sold our home and, and got rid of everything that didn't fit on the boat, like the piano and all the art, stuff like that. So um, it's, been, it's been a wonderful, wonderful decision. We are going to be in Europe starting this September, walking El Camino. Have you heard of that? It's no. a Oh my gosh, talk about another experience, kind of like pooping, except it's on land. It's, it's a 588 mile hike across Northern Spain. It's known as a, uh, a pilgrimage. And so we're, we're doing that in September and I'll get a little, take an opportunity to get a little plug here. We are selling Bellamare, which are you? has been a really, really difficult decision. Mm -hmm. We have um, really had a, so much life and so much enjoyment in this boat life. And so when we get back, we're buying another boat. Well, there you go. Perfect. And that sounds like an amazing trip. So I'm sure that the two of you will enjoy that immensely. And it's, uh, you know, a little bit of payback time for, for PM there to get her Europe it trip is. in. It is. Um, and she's made me pay up. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, being out here on the loop myself, I do, I think it comes up a little bit more naturally when you're just sitting around at docktails of, you know, uh, people whose um, spouse or partner is getting on their nerves or, um, right. you know, people sharing that, oh, uh, we saw a couple who, you know, is going home because they're just not enjoying it the way they expected to. Um, and as I said, it's not, you know, all rainbows and unicorns out on the Great Loop. It is um, hard. <laughs> So right. what are some of the strategies you can suggest for eliminating some of that stress or, you know, to, to make the process easier? I mean, a lot of people, in addition to getting used to living in a smaller space, are just now kind of um, the change of lifestyle of retirement is coming up. And, um, you know, I had one couple who told me, um, or the, the, the wife in particular told me that this was the hardest year from a relationship standpoint that they had ever had and they had just finished the loop. So, you know, kind of talk about some strategies that people can use to try and help with that. Well, I, I think that the, one of the things I like to think about boating is that to have a successful boating day, you need to, you know, you, you have to untie your lines, get off the dock, you have to make some decisions about rooting, you have to be organized in terms of provisioning and all that. But basically, you need to have communication, whether it's simply the communication to take which line off when, or communication about how to proceed through a difficult, confusing area. You need to have communication. And PM and I have worked very hard to make sure that not only do we communicate, but we communicate respectfully. Sometimes, uh, it gets a little tense when I don't agree with her, but we do have an expression that we use, uh, which I really like, <laughs> and that is, I'll allow you to think that, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which doesn't say you're right or wrong, but it gets, it, it, it's respectful and it, and, it, and it allows us to hear the other person's point of view. Well, plus it's, a, it's the same thing as saying, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it, it also cracks both of us up. Yeah. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. Well, 
you, and, and I guess one of the other things besides communication is you need trust, not just the simple trust that somebody's going to tie up the line correctly, but the trust that you're going to be able to depend on that person uh, to either you know take the helm for 15 minutes while you're getting lunch or something, or to give you good, uh, honest uh, feedback about their feelings. Um, when we first started, uh, Pia was more nervous than I about being on the water because I've been on the water for 50 years. So I was really comfortable. She, as she mentioned earlier, before we uh, started the recording, had a really scary experience when she was five years old, when she almost drowned. Mm -hmm. So to have her on the water was really, really difficult initially. And I think that the first couple of months, it was hard for you to acknowledge that. But we had a long conversation about it. And I realized that we needed to have a, a, a technique that allowed her to feel safe. And so we developed something called mutual veto power. So that if we were planning to do something or we were involved in something, we each of us had to feel comfortable doing it. Uh, and so we each of us had veto over the decision. So if I wanted to go and I thought the weather was you know, not great, but we could do it. But PM was absolutely not convinced. She would say veto, and we wouldn't go. And I and I have used that. And she uses mm -hmm. it. So I think that's important for each person on the loop. Uh, even though one person's a designated captain, and one person is the in a more of a support role, that it's really important for both of you to feel comfortable with whatever decisions are being made, because you're going to get into a situation where you need to have, you know action happen to keep you safe. And if you aren't trusting that person, that just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So do you have any suggestions for how to build that trust if it's not existing related to boating at the beginning of the um, loop? Well, I, I keep coming back to communication. In my years as a therapist, the one thing that I found over and over again got in the way of people enjoying life and enjoying each other is just bad communication skills. Mm -hmm. It's really critical to be able to feel confident enough that you can express your feelings. If you have an issue with that on land, you're going to have a lot more of an issue with that on a boat. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, there was a quote that I came across uh, a couple of years ago, which I love. And that is that wherever your relationship is going, it's going to get there faster on a boat. And I had not heard that before until you, you uh, kind of sent me some of the pre-interview things. And I love that as well, because I, I think a lot of people find that to be so true. Um, and you had something to add to that, PM? I, I also think that, at, at least with my generation, as especially as a woman, I was taught that expressing my true, honest feelings was not appreciated. So if I was scared or frustrated, um, I, I couldn't really express that. I wasn't allowed to have that emotion. Um, so it took me a long time to be able to be honest with Bob in terms of I'm feeling really scared. And I would instead express it as anger or aggressive behavior. So, Part of that whole process is being honest with yourself and figuring out 
what is it that I am really feeling as opposed to being angry or aggressive? Because usually anger and or aggression is, is covering up some other emotion such as hurt or, or fragility or um, being afraid. And I think too that a lot of times when people express their feelings as anger, it doesn't solve anything. It usually results in the other person getting emotional and angry. So getting to a point where if that occurs, and it will on the loop, as you have experienced, I'm sure, and will continue to experience, mm -hmm. <laughs> there'll be moments that things come up and you get, oh my gosh, and you may be screaming and yelling about something happening. I think it's important as a strategy, if and when that happens, it's a, it's a, uh, a when, not an if, you take some time afterwards to de decompress and to talk about it and to come up with maybe another way to, to deal with that if it, if it were to happen again. To, to give a perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do that. I, I have a tendency when I'm at the helm to come very close to navigation lines. Too close. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so initially, Bob would say, oh, geez, Brianna, you're going too close. <laughs> and, and my immediate reaction was uh, annoyance. Uh, and then I was able to say, Bob, when you say that to me, it really undermines my confidence. I know what I'm doing. You're just going to have to trust me. And another way of saying that is, PM, it scares me when you come that close to an Aton. I would feel much more uh, comfortable if you, let's say, left at least 20 feet between the Aton <laughs> and the boat. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that took us a few uh, headbutts to, to uh, work that out. And now Bob was great. He goes, well, PM, you're getting awful close to that anytime. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'll go, okay, got this. Yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, that's a, an example, but it's, it's uh, something that, that we, we had to work on. And that, that brings up another uh, sort of slant on this, which I wanted to get into. And that is the blame does no good. No. And the whole idea is not to assign blame if things go wrong or stressful situations occur, but to figure out a solution to the problem. Focus on the problem, not the blame. One of the things that I did as a therapist for years with marriage in my marriage counseling days was to tell people that there is nothing ever wrong with expressing and, and explaining and talking about your feelings. It's not a good idea to start pointing a finger at somebody else and saying, well, you, you're wrong. You're, you've got a problem and it's your problem. It's uh, important for people to own those issues themselves. And that gets back to the communication issue we started off this with. Yeah. And I think all of that is really insightful. Um, and I think a lot of us, uh, myself included, probably don't take the time, that, that decompression time that you mentioned, um, to actually think through. What, what am I actually feeling underneath this reaction <laughs> that I am giving? Yeah. And we had- well, sometimes, um, on a, sometimes on a boat, you really don't have time right. You certainly don't have time right at the moment to deal with it. 
but it's important later on to recognize that, yeah, we had an issue, we had a problem. Let's talk about what happened, why it happened, and what we can do differently. Yeah. The next it, time. The next time. The next it's going to happen again. It, it will. So and have, we, um, we had dinner last night, actually, with two other Looper couples. And um, all of the ladies admitted there have been tears. <laughs> I think everyone was two to three months into the loop, maybe a little bit more. Um, and, you know, I found it so uh, interesting to just stop and, and listen to the thoughts of some of the other ladies out there, um, you know, because some of the tears come from frustration and fear, as you said, PM, kind of yes. exactly, I think the words you yeah. used, is that um, what comes across as anger for some, maybe frustration and fear for others that may come across as sadness, <laughs> which it is not. Right. Um, right. And then someone pointed out that, you know, a lot of that is coming from constantly being out of your comfort zone for right. a month or two months or whatever it is, and that there is a settling in time. So is that something that you two found? Um, you know, Bob, I think you may have mentioned that it took Pian no. a couple of months to kind of find that groove. Um, no. you know, so for, so for those who are just starting and maybe haven't found that groove, you know, what kind of hope can you give them that it does get better? Well, it, um, it, it does get better. You, 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 once, once you have experience in, you know, bad weather and windy weather, equipment um, failures. Oh my gosh. Um, and, and things like that. Anchors dragging. <laughs> you, you get, you get more confidence and the yep. more confidence you have, especially in your problem solving abilities, the more comfortable you'll be obviously. Jim, somebody asked me, in fact, a lot of people asked me after we finished the loop, well, what, what was the most important thing that you learned about the loop? And, you know, I thought about, well, it wasn't so much learning how to do a lock or learning how to, you know, find a, a resource, uh, a, I mean, a, a marina that, that, that would work for the day. It was the recognition, Kim, that whatever happens, we could figure it out. And, and so often on the loop, things do happen. You know, we ran aground. It was not fun, but we figured it out. We happened to be 40 miles from the best prop shop in Canada <laughs> at the time. So the loop magic, I guess, is something that, that does happen too. You find you're just in the right place for the, for, for the needs that you have, or you dock next to somebody who has that part you are desperately needing. It's amazing how that happens. Loop magic, it definitely yeah. happens. <laughs> and one of, one of the other things I want to bring up is that you will never be 100% comfortable. No. So Bob, Bob and I have owned the boat for 12 years um, and we still run across situations that give us stress, especially with equipment failure. And, and that, it happens, it's a boat. Um, so you, you get, the confidence to to know that you will figure it out yeah that's right. so important just to know that whatever happens one there are other people out there particularly on the on the aglca forum who've had that same problem maybe in that same place so you get resources that way you can and that's what's wonderful about the aglca it's a family that supports each other even though they don't know your name yet <laughs> and, and one of the things that's important to remember is that there's always backup. Uh, there's Coast Guard, there's SeaTo uh, and Boat US. Uh, there are other boaters who, who often come to your rescue. So, mm -hmm. 
So you're you're not really operating in a vacuum either. One thing right. I would would say for a for a just a tip, um, when you're in a situation where you're not sure where you're going, uh, or there's been some talk about shoaling that's really bad, I contact Boat US. I am the Boat US towing insurance, but CTO is the same. I contact them and I chat with the guy on the phone. He'd much rather talk to me than come out and pull me off a shoal at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's a great tip. That's a really good resource. Yeah. Another so thing that the two of, of you things. kind oh, of recommended um, is, you know, to, to develop, uh, you know, some skills that both of you should have, some overlapping skills, and then right. um, some complementary skills. So give us a little bit more on that. What are some of the skills that both people need to have to help reduce some of the stress? Well, originally we were going to start the loop in 2012. That winter, Bob fell on the ice and ruptured a disc. And I, and at that point, I just felt super uncomfortable helming the boat and extremely uncomfortable docking the boat. So um, I was thinking, oh my gosh, what if something like that happened when we were on the boat, I could not get us safely back to land. So with that in mind, we did a lot of research in terms of how can we, how can I develop that skill? So there, there were a number of ways to do that. Um, and one of the things that we did is I, I took a course um, from CSENS at a passage maker um, Trawler University. So a two-day course uh, for, for my boat type, and I learned how to dock. So, so now I'm, I'm, plus through experience, I'm very comfortable if something happens to Bob that I could get us safely back to shore and, you know, with an ambulance waiting right there if, if need be. And, and I think that there have been over our time on a boat, a development of specific areas that we both kind of take charge of. I deal with the engine, I deal with the electronics, I deal with the outside of the boat, keeping things clean, keeping things repaired. PM, have well, you uh, comfortable dealing with, with well, inside I'm, stuff? I'm, I'm primarily focused on provisioning and, and uh, you know, the, the, the cooking and to, well, we both share in the cleanup and, and stuff. However, that being said, um, I know how to change the oil if I have to. Yeah. Um, I know how to put in a quartz. I know how to helm. I know how to uh, deal with, with uh, boaters who obviously don't know what they're doing. I know how to duck. I know how to deal with the radio. Um, learning how to do the radio is critical because if you get in a situation where you do need help, you need to be able to communicates the wide world about your needs. Plus there are a lot of situations, Kim, and I don't know if you're uh, dealing with toes often yet, but there are a lot of situations where you really need to communicate with those commercial uh, towers on uh, channel 14. And they love it. They love the fact that you are a pleasure craft and you arrange for a passage with a one whistle pass or a two whistle pass and there's no confusion about where you're going to go. 
the paperwork that gets involved if they run into a boat is days. <laughs> they don't want that. Right. And you don't want it either because, mm -hmm. you know, now you've got a damaged boat to deal with. So communicate on the radio um, with the commercial folks whenever you're in a busy area like that. On the rivers, uh, we did it constantly. Oh, AIS. That was something that mm -hmm. we got on the boat, which was a huge uh, thing because, uh, you know, we could see them 10 miles away. We talked to them. We'd arrange for passage around the corners. A lot of times they would take up the whole river when they'd come around a corner and they'd say, hold back a half a mile until I get straight out and then we'll do a one whistle pass or something. Mm -hmm. So that was really important. Right. You know, you also um, mentioned yeah. um, complementary skills um, and, and some yeah. of this I think may be kind of natural um, tendencies towards things. You gave an example of um, PM and I remember this from one of our um, one of our rendezvous where you presented, but that PM can sometimes have analysis paralysis. Well, at the yeah. same time, Bob's theory is to build your wings on the way down. So obviously two different yeah. approaches to problems. So talk about how that can be, you know, help to well, alleviate some stress while you're on the loop. Well, we both recognize that we look, we approach issues, questions differently. I have a tremendous respect for PM's ability to understand the critical pieces of, of a situation. Uh, and you've learned, PM, to learn that, that I, I'm pretty good at figuring things out as they happen and dealing with it. But one, I've got, a, I've got 50 years of having done it. I can't kind of verbalize what I, why I'm doing it, but it makes sense to me. So it, what I like to do is if, if we're doing a repair job or taking something apart, I will take hand so we have at least a fairly good idea of what it should look like yeah, yeah. when it's put back together. Yeah. Um, I'm also very organized in terms of if you, if you take things apart, put the parts that you take apart in sequential order so that if it, when you're putting it back together, it goes in the reverse order, mm -hmm. things, things like that. Um, I, I tend to be much more organized than Bob and Bob has a tendency to be Chaotic. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say chaotic, but I can see how you would say that. I'll allow you to think that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, so our 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 skills really do complement each other. Yeah. And now that doesn't say that that the experience goes very smoothly and yes, dear and lovey dovey, um, <laughs> but we we've worked it out um, to the point where we don't yell at each other. And we'll just go, yes, dear, and, and be yeah. a little sarcastic, but, <laughs> but we get it done and we, we, we get it done respectfully. Well, yeah. Pia mentioned the word yelling a moment ago. That's something I wanted to touch on. A couple of uh, years ago, I, I, I watched a boat uh, land at some marina and the husband was up at the helm and he was screaming at the top of his lungs at his wife about tying up something or other. Oh, tell her about the, the anchor incident. Oh, yeah. But this is a good one. And and so that didn't help at all because she just went into sort of, she just refused to do anything. Mm -hmm. There was a story I heard, and I think it's, I don't know, it's, you know, like waterway. Uh, Oaklore. <laughs> stories or lore, but there was a, a situation where uh, they were anchoring and the wife was up on the bow and the husband was screaming at her to throw the anchor out, throw the anchor out. So she did. Of course, it wasn't attached to the boat. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened more than once. <laughs> but <laughs> so, yeah, so these are, you know, 
things that you can expect and and we're we're starting to run low on time but you know one thing i'm hoping that people listening or watching leave this with is the idea that you know if it is stressful in your relationship you're not alone it's a fairly normal thing on the great right. loop so um do you have any resources you can suggest to people who feel like you know it is more stressful than they had hoped for and are looking for some some assistance with working through that you know with um since covid telemedicine is so much more um known and, and available is it something that people should seek assistance with on the great loop yeah. um or you know power through it well a couple of uh, levels there. Uh, a lot of issues uh, get solved at ducktails. <laughs> you know, having a couple of drinks really does kind of settle things out. And particularly meeting other loopers where you connect with somebody and you talk about these that something that happened, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, that happened to us." So it it's a it's a sense of you're not alone, which is mm -hmm. important to work through. The other thing, oh, I wanted to go back for a moment and say one thing about the marriage savers, wife savers, the headsets yes. that people mm -hmm. use, those are wonderful because you don't yell. Mm -hmm. uh, PM and I actually worked out a series of hand signals that were you know, quiet and that worked well, mm -hmm. but yelling at somebody does no good at all. So um, yeah, you get, you get to a point where if you are having a lot of stress as a couple, one or the other, uh, one, recognize it, uh, realize that it's it doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you uh, to feel that way or not being able to function. I think in the extreme, if there are situations that are either physically or emotionally abusive, that's a red flag that you need to get some help. Um, you can certainly call the local uh, crisis line, uh, 911, and they have resources there if you need immediate acute help. Uh, but frankly, the kinds of situations that develop in a need for some therapy or some needs for some counseling, uh, those are not issues you want to deal with on the loop. You should mm -hmm. stop your loop and go get some professional help at that point. But emotional and physical abuse, particularly if there are children involved, is an absolute red flag. Yes, and that's um, you know hopefully not happening on the loop. But if it is, yes, a red flag. Um, and, and I do like your thoughts that you know there's 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 no shame in stopping the loop regardless of what the reason is. <laughs> but if it's right. for your right. own mental health, then that's especially important. And I hope people that will honor that. Um, any other points that you want to make sure that we get across before we wrap things up today? Okay, PM. Um... Let me, let me review my notes here while you're talking about it. Well, we, we came up with a, a, a new acronym for PDSD. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's patience, tolerance, dependency. What, what was it? Uh, and and uh, synergy. I oh, stoicism. Stoicism. <laughs> that's right. So PTSD, yeah. patience, tolerance, stoicism, and, stoicism and, and determination. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 and I think it's important, um, you know, and every couple has their own way of, of working out a marriage, and, and I, I don't think, even as a therapist, I ever got to the total uh, raw data of a, any couple. They have 
issues that they don't even know about. So you're mm -hmm. not going to be able to understand uh, as a couple exactly what's going on sometimes, but you, you learn coping mechanisms to deal with it. And I think it's important, a couple of real quick things to give each other space, mm -hmm. to recognize when the other needs some space and to honor that. And space can be, let's just park the boat and go home for a month, or I'll park the boat and work on it and you go home and visit family and friends. It's, it's so critical that you feel good about what you're doing because there's so many situations on boating where you don't have time to work through the emotional chaos. You, you've got you to gotta be able to do it then and you need confidence and a sense of, I want to be here for that to work out well. Mm -hmm. So basically commitment. But, uh, you know, it's, as Bob has stressed repeatedly, um, really honest communication is critical. Yeah. yeah. And when I looked through the notes that you had sent me regarding this conversation, that is definitely the overarching theme um, of everything. You know, the answers to the specific questions I had and the bullet points that you added were, were largely about communication and um, you know, again, I love the quote, wherever your relationship is going, boats will get you there faster. Love that. Yep. Um, and, and I think a lot of people may already know before the loop, if they have communication issues, it may already be evident. So it may be something that you want to work on and resolve before you actually head out there. But we're going to have to hold right. it there. Time has flown by, okay. but um, Bob and PM Amadon, Gold Loopers. Um, Bob is a retired marriage counselor. So thank you for sharing your very unique perspective on this very real topic. Um, we'd love to have You're you welcome. join us again. And good luck with the sale of uh, Velomer. She's a beautiful boat. Well, we, oh, we, we, we hope to, we're, we're scared to death because one of us, part of us says, let's move on. Part of us says, this is so good. We don't want to move on. So it's a, <laughs> it's a bittersweet, it's a bittersweet yeah. moment. It usually when is when a looper back, sells their boat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we come back from Europe, we will be buying a bigger boat. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, good. Then we'll continue to see you on the waterway. And I may even, you may, uh, I know you're a bit further south than I am right now, but perhaps eventually you'll catch up and we'll see you out here on the water. Good. I'm sure. Well, enjoy right. your trip too. Kim. I will. Really Thank you so much. Point. Thanks. Thanks for joining yeah. us. And thanks to everyone who has listened and watched this week. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. Artisan's Mattress features custom Tempur-Pedic beds in every imaginable shape. We are the only authorized customizing firm for the Tempur-Pedic company. This honor has been earned by Artisan's custom mattresses every day since 1999. Artisan's expertise retains all original Tempur-Pedic manufacturing standards, materials, features, and therefore the 10-year limited warranty. We customize Tempur-Pedic beds for every imaginable use, including yachts, boats, custom homes, motor homes, RVs, planes, trains, and trucks. Go to our website, artisansmattress.com, for a free estimate, or call now, 800-482-6956. Customer satisfaction is Artisans' foundation.